Hi friends. Thank you so much for coming back to join me here again. I appreciate you. I hope your year is off to a great start. For those of you goal setters and list makers, how are you doing? Are you on track? How are you doing? All right. I wish you could sit and chat with me and tell me, are you on track? Are you behind? Are you on target? I hope you are because so much can happen in a year. I'm sitting here thinking about how one year ago we landed in Tennessee to stay indefinitely. I am feeling all the feels as my baby is going to be one years old next month. Like crazy. Y'all know how fast it goes. I'm very much in that like, you love it, but you're a zombie, but you love it, but you're just trying to keep yourself upright most of the days, phase of life with an almost one-year-old and two big kids and homeschool and all the things. We are currently about to move out of our rental house and in search of a new one. And I've never really been good at transition. I know some of you out there are, um, and I need to talk to you. Please help me. It always feels so painful to me for some reason. But this time, I don't know if it's the lack of sleep or I'm actually growing. But I know the Lord has gone before us. I know he has something amazing in store for the next place we call home. And I know he will care for us. And I have a sense of peace I haven't had before, that the Lord has something ahead for our family. I was talking to Monroe this week about moving, and I told her following Jesus is exciting because you get to live your life waiting for the next surprise from Jesus. He's got surprises, and he just can't wait to show them to you. The more I read the Bible the more I realize how much the Bible is a long story about me. It's my story and it's your story too. We are written on every single page. When you realize the word of God is your story, you start to see yourself in the pages just a little bit more. You start to see how the character of God interacts with his beloved. I want to encourage you guys to Dig deep and watch how the God of the universe responds to people in the Bible when they have been disobedient, afraid, hateful, compassionate, forgiving, generous, and wise. How every emotion and feeling we have walked through has also been experienced by someone in the Bible. We all get the opportunity to walk out the trials and challenges of our story with the God who gave everything to be with us. And we aren't the only ones to do it. And I hope this truth encourages you. Read Hebrews 11 if you get time and remind yourself of these giants in the faith. They all made huge mistakes, which makes you feel a little better. But that never stopped the Lord his glory would always prevail. His plan would not be undone. And it didn't always turn out right for everyone in the Bible. A lot of them were stoned, sawn in two, and killed. And yet, the kingdom of God cannot be shaken. Hear the Lord call to you in the pages of the word, my friend. Hear him speak to your heart. Watch your story unfold as you learn to walk in step with Jesus every day. The Bible will start to come alive when you realize 
This isn't a story about someone else or something that happened a long time ago. This is my story. This is for me. And it's about me. Hebrews 12, 12 12-13 in the NLT says, Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. In the ESV, it says, Make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Do not grow weary, my friend. The Lord wants to heal you. Every weary, tired part of you, He wants to heal. And He wants to do it in a way that encourages the faith of everyone around you. So, would you lay down your life and submit to an unshakable God? One who cannot be moved? It's when we yield our hopes and desires to the Lord, He gets to write the best stories. And speaking of stories... I am so excited to share with you my sweet friend Jenny's story today. This is the first time I've had a guest on the show in a hot minute, and I couldn't think of a better way than to kick off this season. Jenny really does embody what it means to walk out being an image bearer of Christ. Jenny and I met two years ago. I had this stirring in my spirit to just gather people in my house to pray. One of those like you can't get it off your mind until you do it kind of thing. And I didn't even really know why. But my friend Abby invited two friends I had never met over to my house that night to worship and pray together. The fruit of that evening of prayer was incredible. But more on that another time. You're going to love Jenny. She's been married almost 14 years. She's a homeschooling mama to five kids and a former nurse. And today, she's going to share with us just a little bit about her story of embryo adoption. So here we go. Enjoy, friends. Okay, Jenny, (laughs) I'm so excited to chat with you. I have not got to like chat with you in a long time, like two years Uh, probably. Yeah. Since we got to sit. So thank you so much for making time for me and uh, chatting with me today. So welcome. I'm so excited. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really yes. excited to see you too and catch up. And- I know. I know. This is so fun for me. I I met Jenny through a mutual friend, Abby, at a long time ago, like almost two years ago now. Yeah. And such a cool thing. We had this amazing prayer night, Jenny came to my house and we just prayed and sought the Lord and we got to do it a couple more times. And I have just, I just love you, Jenny. And I love your story. And I can't wait to share it with the world today. Thank you. Yeah. I can't believe it's been already two years. I know. I know. That meeting and looking back and seeing all that God has done over those amazing. last two years. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. So cool. Okay. So tell Catch us up. Tell us a little bit about who you are, who, who's Jenny, who's your family, your hubby, your kids, all that. Yeah. Yeah. So my name's Jenny. I am, um, a wife of almost 14 years married to my wonderful husband, Teddy. Um, we have five beautiful children, uh, ranging from our oldest Theo. He's 11. We have a nine-year-old, a five-year-old. I'm like, thinking all these ages, right? A four-year-old and then a beautiful little five-month-old baby boy. I know they, they recently had birthdays. So, you know, there's that shift of like, okay, (laughs) making sure now. (laughs) Yep. And uh, we live in Washington state. 
Um, I have been a believer since I was a little girl. I came to know the Lord when I was about 11. And um, he's just, I can't imagine doing life without Jesus. I mean, everything is for the glory of God. And so, um, yeah, that's just a little bit about me. I uh, was a nurse for about 10 years at the bedside. And then when my third Micah was born, I ended up staying home and started our homeschool, I guess you could say adventure. Yes, it is an adventure. It's a journey for sure. (laughs) It is an adventure. It is a constant learning process. And even five years in now, I am still constantly learning, you know, more and more about you know, we're shifting our focus. Okay. This is where, this yeah. is where we, what works for each and every one of our kids. Cause they're all so different, yes. you know? Yes. So we're on our fifth year of homeschool. It's been, it's been great for our family. We really love it. So yeah, just yeah little- we're going to have to talk about homeschooling five kids and how you do that with the baby, yeah. all of that. Cause I'm just like, woo, I'm doing two with the baby and it's a lot some days. So, you know, figuring out how to sneak it in between naps and yes. all of that, like piecemealing it together. Sometimes I'm like, are they learning? I know they are, but right. Right. You're, you're always like, well, what are, am I giving them enough information? Yes. Are they learning all the things? And and I think, I mean, God is so gracious, right? Like yeah, he, yeah, so good. it's, it's amazing how he just provides, you know, what he wants them to know and learn, right. you know? And so anyway, yeah, it is, but it's definitely been since we've added Arthur to our family, it's been a learning process of, you know, doing yeah. homeschooling again with a baby. When we started yeah. our homeschool journey, I was pregnant with our daughter who is now four, which is hard to believe wow. she's. Yeah. She's now in the preschool age and all of that. Um, And now doing it all over again with a baby again. And um, just definitely like taking it a step at a time. And I think it's caused me to have to kind of slow down a little bit. Yeah. And really like be in those moments. Yeah. Instead of focusing on the huge, okay, we got all of these years and, you know, so the day to day. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Okay. So I really want to know. So I know our, our friends listening have no idea what, what they're about to hear, but (laughs) I want to know. So you, uh, Jenny adopted an embryo who is their son, Arthur. Yes. Um, and he's five months old. So you were, yes. it was just so crazy how that all transformed when, mm-hmm. when I met Jenny with a few other friends, none of us were pregnant and prayed, sought the Lord, heard from the Lord. And we all kind of got this word about new things being birthed in our lives in different seasons. And out of that meeting, each one of us had a baby, um, within mm-hmm. yes. a year's time. Yes. <laughs> um, so it was just crazy for us to go from no one's pregnant. No, that's not really on anyone except for Abby's radar. Um, and then we all had babies within that, um, time, time frame. So in that, I got to hear a little bit about kind of what the Lord was doing in your heart and how that came to be. But I want to know how did that, the idea, the concept of embryo adoption even come up on your radar? Cause I, I mean, I know some people probably have never even heard of that. Um, yeah. but tell me, how did that 
how did that all evolve? How did that come to be? Yeah, that's such an excellent question. Like I often, I often go back, well, it started a couple of years ago, but I actually want to rewind even further mm-hmm. back because God has always kind of put this passion in my heart for life, you know, for, for children before they were born. And, um, I, I, I hope it's okay. I just want to read a little bit from yeah, the scriptures. Um, I just love Psalm 39 that says, you know, talking about us being fearfully and wonderfully made. But if we go a little bit past that, it's just for you, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Mm-hmm. And God has just kind of always stirred that passion in my heart for, you know, the, the sanctity of human yes. life, that he is a creator. Mm-hmm. And when he put um, that life and that little embryo together, that, that little tiniest little baby mm-hmm. is the tiniest little image bearer of the Lord mm-hmm. and has all the DNA that they need to, right. to look like me and you, all those genetic yeah. characteristics. And so I've always just kind of had that natural heart mm-hmm. for the unborn. And so fast forward, we had our daughter in 2018. My husband and I, we had this mantra in our head and I look back and it's kind of silly now. We're both like four and no more. Four and no more. <laughs> And it's funny, right? How you can yeah. say these things. And I think right. God must have been like, oh, you have no He's idea. Laughing. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and so when we had our daughter, we kind of we was like, okay, we're done. Yeah. And set that down. And I even remember someone saying, oh, but what if you're not? You know, it was just one right. of those. And I just kind of brushed it off, like, no, we're yeah. done, you know? Yeah. Um, and so my husband and I, we are, we are two different people. They often say opposites attract. You know, yes. I'm the one that's like, I have this, I want to go for this dream, or I want to go for this thing, or let's do uh-huh. this thing. You know, that sounds fun. And, and my husband, he's the steady, he's the steady. Okay. Let's, yeah. let's think about it. Let's process it. Let's talk about the details. Uh-huh. Let's see, you know? And so I always know that when my husband starts to, you know, when we're in yeah. line, it's, it kind of tells me something. It's kind of like, whoa, pay attention. Yeah. This I, better, I better pay attention to this because yeah. I can be doing this, that, and the other thing. But if he's like, okay, you know, that kind of clues me in. And so it was about a year after our daughter was born. And I had kind of been thinking about, you know, almost having these feelings like there was a baby out there, but yeah, I was like, but we had said four no more, you know? And yeah. so, um, one night my husband and I were talking and he said to me, I'm kind of having regrets that we decided not to have any more kids. And I was like, really me too. Like, let's talk about that. Yeah. And I had recently been introduced by a, a friend to the concept of embryo adoption. And through that, found out that there are about a million of these little embryos that are currently frozen. And a million, baby. About uh, around I'm a just million. like, wow. I know. Of these tiny, tiniest little, little mm-hmm. babies, these tiniest mm-hmm. little Im- image bears that are frozen. And it was something that really just kind of pulled on my heartstrings. And I remember saying to my husband, 
And I thought, I thought for sure he's going to think no way. But I was like, would you ever consider embryo adoption? Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, I would. (laughs) And I was like, wait, wait a minute. You know, he's, he, so we started, so we started the process of praying. That was, that was back in 2019. And for, we just took the time to pray and research, you know, what is embryo adoption? What does it mean? Well, embryo adoption, essentially there are, um, couples, they will have, you know, in, in vitro fertilization. And for whatever mm-hmm. reason they might say, okay, we're done with our family, mm-hmm. but they're left with this decision of what are we going to do right. You know, now? Mm-hmm. And so there's three options currently out there. They can, um, they can have them destroyed. Mm-hmm. They can donate them to science. So that I guess some of them choose maybe not to do anything, but to pay the donor fees or they can donate those embryos. Wow. And so there are a lot of people out there that are choosing to donate these little babies to give them a chance, you know, at life. And so um, we started pursuing the route of embryo adoption prayerfully and, you know, looking in the word and seeing, you know, what does God say about life? Well, he Mm -hmm. says, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. He says, before I formed you, I knew you. Mm -hmm. And so it was impressed, impressed upon my heart that God was like, there's a baby out there. And I see that baby and nobody else might be able to see what that baby looks like, their characteristics, their traits, but I see them Mm -hmm. and I know them. And so we just were like, we're, we're going to take the next right step mm-hmm. each way and just kind of say, okay, God, what's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next step? And so we kind of, for a little while, set that idea down um, because, you know, my mom, my mom went through a, a journey with cancer and everything kind of shut down in 2020 and we right. kind of tabled the embryo adoption thing. And then back in in 2021, we felt like the Lord was really stirring it on our hearts again. And so that's when we submitted our application um, to the National Embryo Donation Center, which is actually in Tennessee. Right. I remember you telling that. (laughs) They are a wonderful organization that they just treat each and every one of these little babies with just the utmost respect and regard for life. And so we went through the steps with them and I just kept feeling like God was like, there's a little baby out there that I see and I know. And I look over the course of all the the doors that opened one way or the things that closed another way. And I look and I'm like, you know, if it would have been any other door open, it would have been a completely different little boy. But how God was just taking all these, maybe one situation where there was a no mm-hmm. and shifting us into a different direction on how that maybe at the time was kind of hard news, but like right. if it wouldn't have happened the way that it did, we wouldn't have had Arthur. Yes, And so God really, he led us exactly where we needed to be to meeting Arthur. And so we submitted our paperwork. We went through, um, there's two different visits that you go through with them. We had our transfer at the end of December of 2021. And Arthur was born August 22nd of 2022. We had him at home. It was the most beautiful, wonderful experience. And so, and he's such a joy. I mean, he just, his smile and his joy and his giggles, they just kind of, (laughs) they just light up any room he's in. So it's been such a joy to have him. I just can't imagine like 
every time you look at his face, I don't know how it doesn't like stop you in your tracks. Like this kid could have never existed. Um, and I just think about all those babies. Wow. What a miracle. And tell us like, I, I mean, I know from chatting with you, but you really had to go through a lengthy process to even be yeah. chosen by these birth parents. Um, yes. And you had to go through a home study just like you would adopting um, a child from a private adoption or foster care who's seven years old. You had to yeah. go through so much. So tell us a little bit more about that process and the ups and downs maybe of that piece of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there's the National Embryo Donation Center. They treat everything like um, you would they th- like a domestic infant adoption. Um, and so there is the whole process of a home study. Um, you have to go through adoption training, at least 10 hours of adoption training. You have to get matched with a donor family. And so we went with the open adoption route. Okay. And so through that route, the donor family chooses gets to choose if you are going to be the adoptive family or no. And so we, yeah, we had our home study. And then I think when we got to the matching phase, we thought, oh, this is, this is going to be smooth sailing Mm -hmm. from here. You know, everything's going to fall into place and we're just going to, you know, God's going to bring us to the right one right away. And it, it didn't turn out to go as quickly as we thought we had initially matched with another couple we thought that that was going to be the donor family and those were going to be the little embryos that we were going to adopt. And Mm -hmm. that ended up um, taking a really long time in the mediation Mm -hmm. process. And so we actually were looking for, um, they told us to look for a backup match. And through that, we kept hitting these roadblocks of, for Mm -hmm. whatever reason, it was a no or a no or a no. And I remember at one point, you know, I was just feeling a little bit discouraged. Like, is this ever gonna, is this ever going to go through? Like, are we ever going to find that family? And so we ended up finding Arthur's profile and we had already looked at the database so many different times. It's hard to explain. I feel like I need to step back. Like the database is basically, they have they have all the different donor profiles in the database. And so it's, it's this really, it's kind of crazy when you feel like you're picking mm-hmm. a profile, it feels really kind of strange in a way. Right. I'm like, okay, it's I'm picking be these strange. profiles. And, and, you know, for us, I mean, we, we don't have any preferences on like hair color, eye color. Yeah. We're just, you know, we're just picking and it felt like such a, almost like, okay, God, I know you're guiding this, but I feel kind of like it's a shot in the dark. Like I'm right. Needle in a haystack kind of feeling. Right. And, um, and so we, um, we picked this profile, Arthur's profile. And I remember you have to go through mediation process where there's a counselor who kind of mediates between you and the donor family. And it had been taking so long and so long with every, every single Wow. donor family that we reached out with and this family within 24 hours, she was like, they said, yeah, you know, (laughs) what? And so at that point, the, the embryo donation center, they like you to have, um, for lack of a better word, they like you to have five embryos that 
are reserved, which is, is crazy language. I feel, I feel crazy right. talking about embryos and like reserve them. And, um, it was such a learning curve for me. And so the one profile that we were primarily matched with had two. And so we needed to find a, they okay. could call a backup donor. Um, and so this other family, um, was going to be our backup family. And, and so we are kind of waiting on the mediation with the primary donor and it just kept waiting, just kept waiting. And I remember talking to the counselor and she was like, okay, I don't typically give advice, (laughs) but do you mind if I chime in? Yeah. And she said, you know, this couple, they, the one that the you're going to use for the backup, they're actually really excited. And when I told them they were the backup, they were kind of disappointed. And she was like, in my opinion, you know, I think they would make a great primary donor. And so that's when we decided, okay, we were going to actually just go with them as our primary. And, um, this other donor that we thought we were going to go with, we ended up, you know, just going with the primary donor and saying, okay, God, we're not going to have a backup. We're just going to trust that if this is, these are the little babies you want for our family, then Mm -hmm. that's going to be enough. And we're just going to take this step forward without a backup and see. And so that whole matching process took probably a few months longer than what we had anticipated it was going to be. I think we originally thought when we put in our paperwork that, you know, September, you know, was going to be our transfer ended up being closer to December. Um, but it was such a beautiful experience. I mean, I look at all the little ways that God kind of provided along the way when we had our initial appointment, because you have to do an initial initial mm-hmm. medical clearance with the NADC. We ended up staying in this little tiny house. And from staying in the tiny house, the couple that came um that was hosting us in the tiny house. They came to meet us one day, which I've mm. never had anyone in there. Yeah. You just kind of show up and say, Hey, we want to meet you. And like, is this good or bad? <laughs> I do not know. know. And so, um, they came and said, hello. And we just got to chatting and, and we found out they were, um, a wonderful Christian couple. They have married for almost 50 years. Mm. You know, they were missionaries for a while and they're like, so what brings you out to Tennessee? You yeah. know? And they're like, okay, well, you ever heard of embryo adoption? Yeah. And so we, um, we just got to talking to them about that and how that was our initial appointment. And we might be coming back for the actual transfer process down the road. And they had said, you know, come back look us up. And we have this cabin that we let people stay in that are just coming from out of town. And, um, and so when we, when we were going out for our transfer, I contacted them and I said, you know, we're just, we just want to say, hi, we're just letting you know that we're going to be out. And they were like, would you like to stay in our cabin free of charge for the house to stay, you know, just little things like that, where God provided, you know, and through that, just a beautiful relationship with, mm. you know, this family, but he, it was his way of saying, okay, I'm like, I've, I've got, I've got, my hand on I've this. got this, yes. I've got my hand on this. And, um, and so that was really cool. I um, love that. I yeah. Love that. So then you come back out for the initial transfer and you're doing all the IVF meds, just like yes. you would, if you were transferring your own, 
you know, your biological embryo. So that's intense. How did that go with your big kids at home? And I'm sure they saw you doing the shots and all that. I know that's just just a wowza of a process. So how was that? How did your kids respond to all of that? So that was a whole world. I mean, that I look back at that season now and I'm like, wow, that was a crazy season because in the mix of like going out for a transfer, taking off these meds, we were also in the middle of a move. And so it was just right. such a crazy season. But um, yeah, so for the actual transfer, um, there are three types of embryos. And so there are single cell embryos which are basically once the embryo is, you know, the sperm and the egg make it full Mm -hmm. embryo, little baby. Once it splits, it's like the single cell or, and then there's multi-cell, which it divides a couple more times. And then there's blastocysts where it's divided a few other times. And so with each of those stages of embryos, your body actually has to be in the exact cycle for the transfer for the age of the embryo. And so it's very specific. And so your medication regimen is very specific down to the day and the dose on what you need to have to like optimal ability for a transfer to occur. Mm -hmm. And so you start taking medication was about a month and a half before the transfer to kind of get your cycle to where it needs to be. And then, yeah, there are injections that you have to take in your belly that I had to take once a day. Um, and through all that, and then you have to take progesterone shots, like leading up to the injection and uh, leading up to the transfer. And then um, even after the transfer, I had to take uh, progesterone shots twice a day up to 11 weeks. Mm-hmm. So that was a whirlwind of a process. I mean, doing my husband is amazing. He he actually is not a medical guy at all, <laughs> but he figured out how to give me those progesterone shocks because you have to give it in your backside, you know? Oh, okay. And yeah, so yeah. he actually, it was, it was such a cool process of just seeing, you know, him caring for me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that way and taking care of, um, these shots for me. Cause it would have been hard for me to do, but it was, it actually was such a, growth process for both of us in our relationship, just him, you know, helping right. do the right. whole medication thing. So yeah, but yeah, everything is so down to the day. The transfer is really quite amazing, you know, how, right. how it all that. works. Yeah. And then you go out for your transfer, obviously the transfer is successful. You're growing this baby. Tell me, how did you come to decide home birth and that experience and all of that with your family? Cause I, you hadn't had previous home births. Had you? I had not. Okay. Yeah. This was all new to me. So it's interesting. It's, it's, there's kind of like this unfolding of, you know, with my first, I had, I had the Pitocin, had the epidural, had all of that. And with each sequential birth, I think the intervention is kind of shifted. And so when I had Amelia, I had a birth in a birth center. And I remember thinking that is the most relaxing birth I have ever had. I mean, it was in a room that's like a bedroom. Mm -hmm. There was a queen size bed. You you know, she, she was born into the water. I had never had a water birth up until her. And I remember thinking, you know, I was always a little nervous about home birth because I was like, oh, I just, you know, 
there we're at at home I, I, yeah, you know, yeah. And, um but I just kept feeling like that was something that I had wanted to do because I loved the birth center experience so much mm -hmm. and I have talked to so many people that had such beautiful home births that I was like I want I want to have him in our home like yeah. in the in the peace of our home environment and so I had reached out to a doula friend and she recommended a midwife and then I think I had actually you maybe told me about the same midwife yeah. and somebody else told me about the same midwife and I was like okay I've heard about the same midwife three times yeah. and so we pursued the home birth route um, I will say I am considered advanced maternal age because yes. I'm 37 and so when I went in to get like my 20-week ultrasound they they told me oh you you should probably have this baby in a hospital and oh, no. high higher risk for this and that and um and but I had had such healthy labors and deliveries that I think we were confident in our midwife that you know if we needed to we could get to where we needed to go but it was it was such a wonderful experience you know he um uh, we had a home birth in our bedroom and, and we had a tub set up and it was just, I would do it all over again oh, in a heartbeat. So, so, that's so yeah. Okay. So tell me you're five months postpartum. You have five children. Yeah. You, you have a <laughs> lot of changes. You've moved, you've adopted this baby. What do you feel like um, has changed in your heart? Like how has the Lord um changed you or how has your relationship with the Lord changed in this season? I mean, you've had some yeah. monstrous shifts and changes. I can't, I can yeah. only imagine you feel like a totally different human. I mean, after every yeah. baby we have, we, have, totally. we feel so different. Yes. We are like, who the heck is this person? Um, how has the Lord just shaped and changed you? And then how has your relationship with him changed? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. I think that's such a great question. I think uh, so many years in um, my motherhood journey, I think I felt like, oh, I just, I do this and this and this and all yeah. of these things, you know, everything will fall in, in, right. in line and I have to hold it all. I have to hold mm -hmm. this ball and hold this ball and hold this ball. And, oh, I don't want to drop any of the balls because right. what if, and I think what God has taught me over these years is that. I am not going to be enough in and of myself mm. and that I need total and absolute reliance on him, that his mm. grace is sufficient and that through my weaknesses, that's actually where he can be glorified. And mm. so um, it's caused me to kind of have to pause and say, you know what? I can't do all of the things right. and that's actually going to be okay. Yeah. That, that God is going to meet me in those areas, maybe where I don't feel sufficient and my prayer is always that he will become greater and I will become less, you know, that, that my kids will see my imperfections mm. as a mom, because I'm human and I'm not perfect. And I'm like, I don't want them ever looking to me as like the epitome of perfection. Yeah. And so in my weaknesses that God can actually be glorified in mm. those moments. And so I think that it's okay that I'm not enough. It's okay that I have to rely on the Lord. It's okay that, that he is glorified through mm -hmm. my weaknesses for sure. Um, and then I think another thing that I've kind of, you know, I can't, I can't look at Arthur without seeing God's mm -hmm. face and God's heart 
for adoption. Mm -hmm. You know, we were all adopted as his children. And so I think whenever I, whenever I look at Arthur, it really brings home the fact that God adopted me, you know, that if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus on that cross, Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for the ultimate price that, that he paid, that I would not be able to experience being his daughter, you know, and that is such a beautiful thing. The heart of the Lord is for adoption. You know, when he came and he paid the price, he said, not only is it for the Jews, but it's for the Gentiles. It's for everybody. Like his grace is for everyone. And so I can't look at Arthur without realizing, God, you really care about each and every one of us having that relationship with you. I mean, those verses about creating us in our inmost being, being knit together, that's for us. He saw us, you know, he saw us and knew our days and knew our purposes. And so I think Arthur has, this whole story has just, it's opened me up to seeing the heart of God Mm -hmm. towards his people and how much he cares for each and every one of us and desires that relationship. You know, that's so good. Wow. That's amazing. Okay. For just a couple more minutes. And then I think our time is going to, going to run out here, but (laughs) tell me, um, what advice or encouragement would you have for someone who maybe is thinking about adoption or, um, IVF or struggling with infertility, these like huge monstrous things that come up for women. Um, what would your, you know, encouragement be for them if they're sitting in this kind of middle place of not really sure what to do or what direction to go, or where does the Lord want me to kind of put my time and effort and energy? Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good question. I mean, I think first of all, always going to the Lord in prayer, as the first step and just saying, okay, God, you know, I'm going to trust you in this step. I think for us, it was when God calls us out in faith, sometimes it's taking that first step that can feel Mm -hmm. a little bit scary and saying, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to take this first step and just trust. I'm going to do the next right thing to your glory and just trust that you are going to continually walk with me. You know, I think I would say to that person, you're not, you're not alone in this path that you are never alone in, in this journey that you always have a source who, who is, he is our living water. You know, he is our daily bread. He can be our source to walk through this journey. And so Reaching out to the Lord in prayer is number one, taking that step of faith and trusting that he is going to walk you through those ne- the next step. I think too, you know, sometimes the story, it doesn't always look exact. It doesn't go always exactly how we think it's going to go in our head, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and sometimes that can be hard in the moment. I know for me, like there have been not even just this time, but times in my life where I'm like that, okay, that didn't go exactly how I thought it was going to go yeah, or yeah. I planned it. Um, And then taking a step back and looking and seeing his hand, you know, through it all. Um, I know there are some wonderful resources that you can reach out to if you're considering embryo adoption. I know where we went through the National Embryo Donation Center. I think it can't hurt. Just, you know, make a call if you're thinking, you know, do I want to do this? Make a call and talk to somebody who who is a professional who works in the field and can kind of talk you through those next steps. You know, it can be scary making that initial call. But it's amazing how just even making that one phone call. Yeah. 
so great. Thank you, Jenny, so much for coming on and sharing. I just so appreciate your heart. And there is just Jesus all over you, just the way you talk. And you can tell you, you've been with the Lord and you're just a blessing to us to hear your voice and your story. And I'm so happy to hear what the Lord's doing in your life. Thank you. Yep. It's all the glory for him. Thank you so much for having me on. hope you're encouraged to do the next right thing. Keep taking those steps, my friend. There's a reason the Lord doesn't show us every single step he wants us to take, but he will usually give you at least one. So take that step and keep taking steps as he leads you. I hope you heard today that you're not alone. There is someone who has been through the same thing or similar thing that has hope to extend to you in this season. Be open to receiving it. And remember, if you are a Christ follower, you have the source of living water available to you each and every day. He's for you. He's got you. And he's got this. For those of you who felt that little sputter in your heart for embryo adoption, or you're just curious and you want to learn what it's all about, I have the National Embryo Donation Center linked in the show notes for you. Thank you for listening, my friend. I'm praying for you. If you have a need, I'd love to join you in prayer. Feel free to email me your prayer requests at elise at elisemarsh.com. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to being with you again soon. Bye.